I'm Joe Sangle, and this is the Creative Sheep Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Creative Sheep Podcast, the podcast where we talk to people who are good at what they do to inspire leaders to get better. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Who am I? I'm your host, Jared Hogue. Uh, I've got something real special for you today, folks. It's not just me in the studio. Uh, back in the saddle is Roman Johnson. It feels great to be back in the saddle. Hey, I'm glad you're here, man. Uh, I love horse metaphors, <laughs> and we should use more of them on the show. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's get this show going bareback. I think uh, we, we should. Will. Yeah, I got my sweet tea. I'm ready to rock. This is Tulsa, Oklahoma, so you got to have sweet tea. Is there any other kind of tea? No. That's well, the only kind of tea. sweet tea. Well, that's delicious. And then though. regular sweet tea. But like unsweet tea just isn't really a thing. Unsweet tea should just basically be water. It's basically brown water. That's fair. Yeah. It's so. like the Ron Swanson reference of, of skim milk masquerading as milk. <laughs> exactly. Unsweet tea is masquerading as tea. Exactly. It it's never should tea. have been a thing. Hey, weigh in on the discussion. Yeah. At creative underscore sheep that's on right. social. Or, Email me. Hey, also, uh, just a quick little note here. We would love for you to review us on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, if, if you're just, you know, you're listening to the new hot releases on iTunes, the albums that came out, just jump over to the Creative Sheet Podcast, drop a review. Uh, we'd love to hear what you think. Yeah. And it also helps us out a lot in, Absolutely. The, in the polls, if you will. Yeah. Or if you got a, if you got an idea for a guest for the show, shoot Absolutely. me an email. Anybody you want to hear from. Uh, we'll reach out to him, see if we can get him on the show. We've had an incredible lineup of guests so far. Uh, been, man, honored and privileged with the folks that we've had on here. Uh, but anyhow, yeah, jump over to iTunes. It's real simple. Leave a review. Uh, let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, but hey, we're going we're gonna to jump into a brand new segment on the show today called One Question. One Question. One Question. It's time for One Question. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as you guessed, with today's one question, a brand new segment, we're going to ask one question. That's right. We don't. Uh, we try and keep it simple here at Creative Sheet Podcast. Love simplicity. Yeah. So uh, feel free. If you've got a question, send it in. Hit us up on social. Email it. Either, whatever works for you. We're cool. Uh, and probably not as cool when you have to say you're cool. No, that's really cool. <laughs> that's what all the kids are doing these days. <laughs> So here's today's one question. Uh, this is uh, this is something we wrestle with a lot here at Creative Sheep. Anytime we're starting a brand new project, whether graphic design, video, a series pack, doesn't matter what it is, we always ask this question: What do we want the audience to feel? Some other people might describe it as: What's the goal? What's the desired end result? What's the outcome? We ask the question, what do we want them to feel? And of course, them is our audience, um, the churches that are going to buy our products. What are their congregations? What do we want them to feel? Roman, why do we ask this question? Uh, yeah, absolutely. The, the, with any creative endeavor, whether it be painting, writing, shooting a video, making a film, like whatever it is, uh, song, whatever, if you don't have limitations, if you don't have um, guidelines, mm. if you will, it's it's terrifying. Yeah. And if you ask any creative, they'll tell you that because the worst is to just have a blank page with no guidelines and no direction, mm-hmm. so to speak. So, so so a big thing with what do we want them to feel, we can establish, okay, we want them to feel uh, empowered. And so that's a filter that we can run all of our ideas through. Okay, so does this idea make our audience feel empowered? If so, okay, we'll keep it on the idea board. So that's that's the short answer. Right? Absolutely. Let, let's put this in the context of a piece we're actually working on right now. Uh, for Creative Sheep, it's Christmas time. That's right. That's you, right. And it's kind of weird because <laughs> it's like 100 degrees in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. 
But uh, I did transform my office into a winter wonderland. It's true. I remember the initial creative meeting. I came in on one of your monitors. It was a fire winter point. wonderland. Yeah. The other monitor is a fireplace where we're hearing crackling That's right. of the fire. Had, I had the, I had, we did drink hot cocoa. Of course. And I tried to make it as cold as I could in my office. But yeah. It was still like 80 degrees. <laughs> and uh, I had I had Christmas lights. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And the, the uh, cherry on the top. Michael Bolton's Christmas album was playing. That's right. And uh, not Michael Bolton. I'm, I'm totally off here. It's not Michael Bolton. No. It was Kenny G. Kenny G. What a, what a buffoon oh I am. Oh my goodness. But that's honestly, it sounds funny. That's this is a little rabbit trail, but creating that environment helped so much it to really put us did. in the frame of mind. Uh, if we were just come in and it was all business as usual, I don't think we would have been in that headspace to create uh, for Christmas. So absolutely, little, little side note. Yeah, extra little nugget there for you. So for us, what we what we came about, we had some content that we were wrestling with. Um, and we're not going to release that yet. Uh, create a little anticipation here yes. for the piece that will be released before too long. Um, and uh, what we what we decided on though is we wanted something that was relational, something that felt relational, but that's still pretty abstract. And I, I feel like the the feeling, the goal that you put on it really helped us hone in on what we were after. Yeah. And I just, I wanted to do something that we haven't already done and it can be easy to just repeat yourself. Yeah. Uh, that's a trap you can fall into as a creative, but I wanted to push our, our limits a little bit. And so I said, I want this thing to have a warm feeling. Mm-hmm. I want when someone to watch this, I, w- I want them to get the same feeling if they were sitting in front of a fireplace with a cup of hot cocoa, just having a nice warm Christmas feeling. So that was the feeling <laughs> that we set out to achieve. And I think it's yep. going to be, uh, it's going to be pretty good. I'm excited about this year's. It's, it is going to be really good. So that that's today's one question. Why do we ask that question? What do you want them to feel starting with the end in mind? Uh, it's just simply that that's the big deal. What's the desired end result? And then work your way back from there. Love it. That's today's one question. Question, one question, one, one, one question. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, we have to do today's shameless plug. Just for the sake of hearing the bumper. <laughs> is that you on the it bumper? It is me on the bumper, yes. Uh, who would I, have known? Amazing what you can do with computers these days. <laughs> okay, so today, of course, uh, past few podcasts, we've been talking about the brand new product we've just launched, our series packs. Uh, everything you need to launch a new teaching series at your church when it comes to video and graphic design, uh, including message bumpers in there. This is a really incredible product here. All topical. Uh, yeah, very topical. And uh, specifically today, let's break down a couple of these. I say we, we should. Uh, a couple of, couple of our favorites yeah. uh, would be, uh, let, let's talk here to there. We've got a series pack in there. It's called Here to There. It's built around uh, guidance and direction in life and w- basically how God views different areas and aspects of our lives from health and money. Uh, and we're not limited to these angles, but that's basically where it was built from. Absolutely. And uh, like all of our packs, it has... All the elements you need to put on this series. It's got a pretty killer bumper in there, mm-hmm. uh, some motion graphics action. It was pretty sweet. Um, but uh, I'd like to move on to one of my favorites. Let's talk about uh, it. Is Life You. Mm. And this is one that I particularly like because it's one that you could take um, take our series pack and expand on it in your church, in your environment mm-hmm. if you want. Because basically it's, uh, it's all about how to be good at life. It's a wisdom series. And you think about, you know, when you want to be good at something, you go to school. If you want to be good at life, you go to Life U. So it's like a university. It's got a real, it's got a real uh, collegiate feel to it. Yeah. So I mean, you could, I mean, put a band in the lobby, 
I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Something fun like that. And one of my other favorites is a pack we've got called Love and War. Mm, uh, this yes. is this ranks at the top of mind. It's about relationships, particularly marriage. Uh, but when it comes to those that we love, uh, are we fighting against or are we fighting for? That's right. You're uh, married, right, Jared? I, I am married, as are you. I am, yes. You kind of have a child. It's a Pomeranian Which dog. is a dog. So it's yeah. not really a child. Yeah, treated too much like a child, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, man, this 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 pack was actually born out of uh, living Real marriage life experience. Yeah, yeah absolutely. This one was uh, very near and dear to 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 my heart, anyways. But that's one of the things. What Roman was talking about with Life U. That's one of the things I love about all of our series packs is that they come with the original PSDs, uh, the the Photoshop files, so that's that right. you can expand this to be so much more than just the screens in the the sanctuary, the auditorium, whatever you call it. That's right, and it's, it. it and these days, like, I mean, it's real easy. If you don't know how to take a Photoshop file and use, you know, break it down, use it, the internet does. Like, it's mm-hmm. so easy to download a free trial of Photoshop. At, if the, at the very least, if, if it's just you, take the file, get a Photoshop, you know, trial, and then you can take it and you can use the elements elsewhere in your church. Or find a high schooler in your church yeah. that I can almost guarantee you knows how to operate it. Absolutely. But yeah, go check it out, man. Uh, uh, and also, for, for the next little bit still here, we're offering the 50% off to our podcast listeners only. Hold on a second, Jared. Did you say 50% off? 50, five, zero, half. That's half off? Half off. That's a steal of a deal, my friend. <laughs> just enter the code podcast at checkout. Again, that's just enter the code podcast at checkout. And you're going to get half off uh, your series packs. So go check it out. And that's today's shameless plug. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Folks, let's get into today's interview. Uh, we've got an incredible interview for you today with Joe Sangle. Joe has written the book, I Was Broke, Now I'm Not. It's a pretty simple uh, title, and I love it. This is one of the easiest reads on personal finance um, that I've ever gone through. Let's just stop right there at uh, personal finance. Let's yes. talk about how frustrating that can be <laughs> a little bit. Tell me. Tell man, me, Roman. Like I, I, know, I don't know. Living in the, the era we live in, um, I feel like it's so overcomplicated, and there's a million like apps out yep. there. And it almost feels like if I download this app, I've got a budget and I'm all set up. Is just if I download the app. Yep. <laughs> and it, and then you get into like trying to use these different methods, and everyone has their own method, and it can be super frustrating. And I know I'm not the only one that feels this way. And so I'm super uh, excited to to dive into this interview. Yeah. And kind of learn about some of the methods that he talks about in the book. Yeah. And you're definitely not the only one that feels that way. The guy sitting across from the the table from you right now yes. feels the same way about personal finance. Uh, but man, uh, Joe actually breaks down personal finance so simply. I've gone through a lot of stuff, a lot of books, uh, articles, <laughs> podcasts, all kinds of stuff on personal finance, um, and wasn't really able to get anything to work for me. But one of the things I love about his book, number one, this book is incredibly easy to read. It's a very simple book, very small book. Um, but the, the principles that he goes through are just so simple. Um, That's awesome. It, it's crazy. And the, the book, the tagline on the book is how his family won with money. Um, and uh, he gives some really simple tools. He's got free tools available out on his website and uh, actually talks about a free app, a, a budgeting tool. He makes budgeting fun. It's not all Whoa. about, yeah, right. It's not all about what you can't do as long as you're putting it in the budget. Great. That's awesome. Um, but it's just using your head and being smart and budgeting in some fun. And get this, Roman, he paid off. 
He had 40. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> he had 40 grand, 40,000. $40,000. 40 G's. 40 G's, as they would say. 40 G's yep. in personal debt, not including his house. We're talking credit cards, auto loans, student loans, 40 grand. I bet, hey, I bet that he didn't stay that way for long. You better believe it, buddy. 14 months. Paid it off in 14 months. That is madness. And hold on, he didn't win the lottery? Did not win the lottery. No large sum of money was given nope. to him? Just worked hard, worked smart. Wow. And he's going to talk more about this here in just a minute. And that doesn't even include his house. He actually now, his house is also paid off, which he's going to talk about in the podcast. Just some amazingly practical things. Um, and he's going to talk about the dreaded B word. Ooh. Budgets. 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 Oh. Nobody likes that word. But he breaks it down so simply. So uh, I, I think without further ado, we just need to get to it. Let's do it. Check out my interview with Joe Sangle. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined with an incredible guest today. I have Joe Sangle uh, on the phone here with me uh, for the Creative Sheet podcast today. Joe, thank you so much for joining us. It's an honor. Thank you. Absolutely. So you wrote the book, I Was Broke, Now I'm Not. What inspired this? What inspired you to write this book? Well, it's exactly what the title says. Uh, I Was Broke. And I had this moment uh, back in December of 2002 where I looked at my bank account balance and realized through most of the month it was negative, at least on the accounting sheets, because I would write these checks and then I'd have to put dates on envelopes with checks in them so that we wouldn't mail them too early or else we would go upside down. And my average bank balance literally averaged $4.13. And I woke up one day and I said, I'm broke and I want to get out of this. And so I was able to navigate my way out of that. And so I get to say I was broke past tense instead of saying I is broke, which means I failed a grammar class and it was no fun saying I is broke. <laughs> so you went through this financial journey uh, in a bad situation and, and then decided to do something about it. And, and then Absolutely. now that you're on the other side, wrote the book. And uh, I, I, love, I love the subtitle of the book as well, that How My Family Won With Money. I thought that was really interesting that it was a past tense. It's not that how we're winning with money. It's how we won with money. Absolutely. And, you know, when I had that, that moment, I called it an IHHE moment, and I have had enough moments. <laughs> and, you know, what I know is characteristic about I have had enough moments is we can usually think about back when we were kids with our parents when our parents finally had had enough and they all of a sudden, you know, things changed when your parents had enough. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened on in, back in December of 2002. As I said, I've had enough. Um, I'm making decent money there. I keep asking God to, to give me more, but I'm not managing what he's given me at all very well. And so we resolved to do things different. And what I realized is that winning with money is not achieving some financial number. It's about making sure that you can always put God first, that you're able to provide for the needs of your family, that you're able to live a fully generous life and live out his calling in your life, whatever that may be. That's that's spectacular. <laughs> that's incredible. So you wake up, you've got the I've had enough moment. The bank account is, like you said, is four dollars and thirteen cents. But not only that, there was there was actually you were facing a pretty substantial amount of debt. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, I had car debt, student loan debt, credit card debt, uh, another car debt. Um, it it was 
it was stacked up. And so I'm sitting here trying to meet all these obligations, doing this navigation of I got paid. It immediately went back out. I had nothing left, no savings, no margin. And it just equaled a lot of stress that I didn't even realize the level of stress that I was carrying until I got delivered of it. Man, that's good. Um, so how, how long exactly did it take you? Uh, you again, the, I, I've had enough moment. You're facing this mountain of debt. How long did it take you? Because uh, clearly now you're on the other side. You've won with money. How long did it take mm-hmm. you to become debt-free? It took me 14 months to pay off all of my debt except for my house. Wow. So 14 months. I mean, we, we said no, and we got serious, and we, we, we put together a budget. A budget was absolutely crucial to us being able to be focused with every single dollar that we were given the opportunity to manage. And then we had a moment uh, where at age 38, where we sent our last house payment to our house and we're able to pay off our house. And it it was 10 years and one month uh, from the day we said we have had enough to the date that we paid off our house. Wow. So today you are completely debt free. Yep. So we paid off that house and we, we were able to, yeah, absolutely. And so we were able to position ourselves to really, I mean, it was almost weird. Like the next month in January of 2013, we paid off that house. And the next month, like our money came in, but we didn't have a house payment. And it was wow. the strangest, oddest thing ever <laughs> because, you know, I felt like I had been in a battle. And all of a sudden, there was no battle to fight. It, yeah. it, was, it was very shocking, really, uh, to our family to experience that. And really has enabled us to fund other dreams that we really didn't know they were ever really possible in our life. Wow, man, that's incredible. And that had to be the most amazing feeling of not having to make a house payment. A- absolutely. And I, I live in South Carolina. We have, uh, we have very low taxes. Um, we also don't have road signs very often, oh. um, so that maybe that's why we have low taxes. We don't have money to buy road <laughs> signs. But, uh, you know, the cost to live in the house, you know, our taxes and insurance combined was like $123 a month. Oh, my and, goodness. Like, that's, that's cheaper than rent. And, you know, I've heard a lot of people say you shouldn't pay off your house. You know, you should take the interest deduction. You should invest the difference. And what I realized is, Either of those is very good decisions, you know, invest a bunch of extra money or pay off your house. But I started asking people who said that, that you should invest the difference and not pay off your house. And I started asking them, have you ever lived with a paid for house? And what I realized is none of them had. And so I said, well, I'm going to try it. And if I don't like it, well, then I can do a cash out refinance and go invest the difference. And I can promise you, I've never felt the inclination to go cash out the difference and go invest the difference. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. So how long has it been now since you've been debt-free? So since February of 2004 is when I paid off all of my non-house debt. Wow. So I've lived for 11 years with no car debt, no student loan debt, no visa debt, no debt owed to anybody. That's incredible. So how freeing is that? You know, it's, uh, it's quite liberating. Uh, it created substantial margin, as you, you might expect, sure. in the monthly budget to where you can really, you can fund dreams and things like that. But one of the things that I've, I've been kind of 
uh, caught off guard by is when you have like these money wounds from the past where you've been close to the edge that even though I'm in a position of, I've really been able to position myself to win with money, there's still some of those feelings of uh, scarcity and slack that I, that me and my bride still wrestle with that say, you know, hey, what if we went back there? Are we making sure that we're still making wise decisions with this money because we don't ever want to go back? That's really good. That's really good. So you keep talking about these dreams uh, that, that you're able to fund now that you don't have debt. So was there, were you doing, and if I'm not mistaken, in your book you talked about you had one job when you had these mountains of debt, and then now that the debt is paid off, you're actually able to do something completely different. Is that accurate? Absolutely. So some of the dreams that we've been able to fund is, you know, I started, I, I ended up going on staff at a church I'd helped start, uh, back in 1999, New Spring Church with Pastor Perry Noble, and my bride and I, we helped plant that church. Oh, wow. And in 2006, in 2006, I was able to go on staff at New Spring Church and actually help people in this area of financial management, financial stewardship. And then that grew so large when the economy recessed so greatly in 2008 that we were able to actually launch it out as its own ministry on June 1st of 2009 and fund that dream. Oh my goodness. Um, we've been able to buy Enjoy Stewardship uh, Solutions, the company founded by Dr. John Maxwell that uh, helps churches raise capital to fund their buildings. And yeah. So we were able to purchase that in uh, August 15th of 2011. Oh my goodness. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, I've been able to buy deer hunting land that has, <laughs> I, I know some people listening may have a passion for deer hunting or being outdoors, and we've been able to buy land that has a deer infestation problem. <laughs> <laughs> and it's my duty to rid the infestation. So it's just, it's dreams that are personal dreams, but also dreams that allow us to help so many more people in areas that are absolutely in the center of our calling. And wow. I don't think it would have been possible if we wouldn't have had that day way back in December 2002 where we said, we've had enough. Joe, that's amazing. So I'm sure people out there that are listening that may be in a similar boat to what you used to be in, or even they may be doing great with finances, but just need that extra boost of keep going like you just said, that even though you've already won with money so that you don't recess and go back where you came from, uh, man, well, let's give just some real practical, practical stuff here that people can implement right now to help them get out of debt, to get, get in a better place financially, and to get where they're able to achieve their dreams. One of the first things you talked about is having a budget. Why is having a budget so important? Uh, a budget is where you can be intentional with every dollar you've been blessed with. Um, you can, you can win with money without a budget, but you can't honestly say you maximize every dollar uh, if you don't have a budget. And what I found for me is a budget was, I used to think budgets meant no and no fun, that I was going to have to eat, you know, out of the pantry and eat canned spam and canned salmon and have salmon. <laughs> uh, and Ooh. so I was like out on budget because I'm naturally a spender. Uh, but what I found really is that a budget, this monthly budget, where we plan our spending before the month begins is a time for my, my wife and I to come together to talk about the future, to plan together, and to be intentional with these resources. And us agreeing together, it took our marriage relationship to another level, um, and it also had given us this level of 
uh, clarity and elimination of stress that used to always be present in any conversation we had about money. Wow. You know, one thing I think that's so interesting right there is you said that you're naturally the spender, and I, I identify with that. That's me. I'm, I'm naturally the spender as well. How, uh, just if you could go back, how hard was it then for you, even with that I've had enough moment, how hard was it to get on the budget and to stick to it? Um, for me, we had tried many budgets in the past, but what we realized is we were doing history lessons. Uh, I was usually doing it out of anger because Christmas bills had shown up or something that was bad, negative financially. And so I'd say, we're going to go on a budget. But I wasn't being realistic. And when my wife walked in with a budget and showed it to me, uh, I distinctly remember I was watching my beloved Chicago Cubs lose another baseball game. <laughs> and she walked in with a budget and said, what do you think of this, Joseph? She calls me Joseph when I'm in trouble. And I looked at it. I did not want to look at the budget, but she was cute. So I looked at it, and I realized that a budget can have fun in it. I did not know that you could put spending on fun items like golf or planning for vacation. I didn't know that could be in the budget. Mm -hmm. And when I said, man, I can have fun in the budget and spend that money and not feel guilty about it like I normally do, man, I'm all in. And I, I... instantly saw that it was a ticket uh, to be able to fund more dreams in the future. And uh, because I do like math, uh, I realized I could make an Excel spreadsheet out of it. And so I did. (laughs) And it's helped liberate us with our finances. One of the things I love so much, and my wife and I have actually been using these, is you have some free resources out on your website. I believe it is at joesangle.com slash tools. Yep, that's right. You can go to I was broke, now I'm not, dot com or josephsangle.com, and there's a tools link. And there's over 100 free tools there, including several types of budgets. And uh, the budget simply operates on a function that we call income minus outgo has to equal exactly zero. That we have to give every dollar a name, and it does the math for you. And, you know, I've realized I'm in the minority. I love math. Most people... The majority of people believe Satan, L. Lucifer himself, invented math. (laughs) And so this budget tool does the math for them. And so I like to say that it removes Satan from your finances. Get fired up. Oh, that's fantastic. And one of the things I love about the resources that you have available is that you you actually give different uh, ty- styles of budgets, the monthly, the biweekly, the weekly. Um, you've got all different options out there. And that was one of the, what you just said was one of the things that was so liberating for me when we started using your tools uh, to, you, to, to do our budget is uh, I had listened to some other financial people speak before and 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 just how aggressive they get. And that's great. I, I, I'm not knocking any of that. I think there's definitely some merit there. But for whatever reason, it never worked for me. And maybe it was just because of a lack of discipline. But one thing is getting on your budget and even as simple as the one line that you had on there labeled date night was revolutionary for my marriage. <laughs> It was Get so helpful. Up. Yes, it was so helpful because <laughs> it's exactly what you just said is when your wife sat that budget down in front of you and you noticed that there can be fun on a budget, it's a game changer. It's no longer just that for the rest of our, for the until debt is paid off, whenever that may be, 
I can't do anything. I can't go anywhere. I can't eat anything other than, like you said, the spamming, which is disgusting. Uh, <laughs> but to have these line items on there where you're budgeting for fun, even while you're getting out of debt, is incredible. It was so liberating for us. So <laughs> publicly, yeah, thank reward. you. That's awesome. Hey, that's awesome, man. I'm so glad that, that it connected with you like it connected with me. Well, you you mentioned something there, and I, I thought I would share a great date night idea uh, for for those that are listening to the podcast that, you know, one of the things that we try to run to is we try to run to the mechanics of financial management, of mm-hmm. budget or debt reduction. But we have to know why we're doing this. Because if we don't know why we're going to do a budget, we can tend to live for the moment. So I really encourage as a great date night idea is that, you need to write down your plans, hopes, and dreams. Mm-hmm. Those God-given plans, hopes, and dreams. And and really, if you don't do that, uh, I think you've missed a key first step. Mm-hmm. And so it's a great day-night idea to go to Starbucks, buy your coffee that's served at 193 degrees, <laughs> and uh, while it's cooling, each of you write down your plans, hopes, and dreams. And write down two types of dreams. One of them are like bucket lists, like event-based ones, like we want to go to Disney World or mm-hmm. we want to take this certain vacation. And other ones are like lifestyle, like we want to position ourselves to live in the country mm. or we want to position ourselves to live in an uptown suite, uh, whatever that might be. Yeah. But to write down all those dreams, I want to start a business, that sort of thing. And, and then as the coffee is cooled to a drinkable temperature, <laughs> share your dreams with each other. Yeah. Because I, I just celebrated my 18th year of marriage, and I'm telling you the process of continually revisiting our dreams helps me learn things about my bride. And and it really gives us these goals in front of us to say, you know, these dreams, man, this is the next dream we're going to fund, and we unite together around those dreams. It makes it more fun. The money journey is much more fun when you do that. Man, that's fantastic. Um, let's see here. Actually, tonight is my date night, so it's likely that that's what we're going to do. And what a, what an inexpensive date. You're talking eight, nine, ten yeah. bucks for a couple of cups of coffee, and your wife is going to get to talk. She's going to love you for this. And you're getting this for free, Absolutely. people. Are you kidding and, me? And you know what? I discovered, I discovered my wife. I, I had a dream to own deer hunting land. My wife has never had that dream. <laughs> but I discovered my wife, she wanted to have a room dedicated to scrapbooking, the wow. cutting of pictures and random things. I promise you I've never had that dream. <laughs> but when I heard it was her dream, well, then I was on it. And I, we've created that for her. And you know what? That that was born out of the fact that we were sharing this with each other. And really, I've discovered there's kind of a, a statement that sums it up, is that, that money is a journey. It's not a moment. Mm. And we try to make it moments. We try mm-hmm. to make it moments. You know, we want a new car. There's a moment we get a new car. We want to be debt-free. That's not a moment. That's a journey. And we try to look for those moments, but really it's all about the journey. Is the journey enjoyable? That's what lasts. Yes. Man, that's so good. Uh, and to jump back a little bit, congratulations on 18 years of marriage. That's incredible. And thank you so much. Absolutely. I'm 48 more. <laughs> 48 more. So what is that, 66? Is 66 yeah, the magic 66. number? Yeah, mm. 66. That sounds good to me. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's awesome. Uh, okay, one other thing uh, in your book, I was broke. Now I'm not. Which folks, you need to go pick up this book. It's it's such an easy read. It's a it's a it's a fairly short book. The chapters go by quickly, um, and it, it's just super practical information that you can do right now. Um, which is what I love about it. And one of the interesting things, Joe, I, I really liked about this book was at the end of every chapter, the very last thing you said was always, I believe in you. What made you put this in the yes. book? I, well, I just feel like there are so many people who feel stuck. They feel stuck. They're either struggling to even pay basic bills or they are paying basic bills, but they feel stuck. They feel like they have this big dream to start a business, to build a house, to put their kids through college, and they seem it, it just seems absolutely impossible. And and what I've realized is, having been able to teach more than a million people this stuff, wow. uh, that that people are really they're really one or two key decisions away from completely transforming their financial future. And sometimes those decisions require great amount of courage. But if they would make them, if they could overcome the fear of them, they know God's called them to do it, um, but it's, it can be fearful. Um, if they would hold on to the peace that says, our God is the Prince of Peace, mm-hmm. that He's not a spirit of fear, that if we could put that down, that's what keeps people bound down, is that fear of the unknown. But I can tell you, I've jumped off the cliff, and it's been the greatest ride ever. And I just encourage people to take that take that jump. That you know what it is. You know the step you need to take. Take that step, and you'll see. I'm one or two key decisions away. They can do it, and I believe you can do it. And that's why I wrote that in the book. It's, I just knew it, it. It requires courageousness. It's way more than mechanical financial stuff. It's big time emotion. Man, that's good. So uh, the importance of getting on a budget, having a plan, and then one of the other things I love that you talk about is you actually give three reasons for saving, uh, that it's super important for everybody to do this. And I'd like to walk through those real quick. And first and foremost is just unknown, unexpected emergencies. This is something we all face. Uh, And then you've got known upcoming expenses and funding your dreams. Why don't you talk about uh, the importance of having savings for these things uh, that come up in life? Absolutely. You know, there's biblical basis for this Um, throughout the Bible. We see in Genesis 41 when Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dream that there would be seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. And so Pharaoh says, what do we do? And Joseph said, you should save 20% right now while times mm. are good to cover the times that are bad. And, and we see that in the book of Nehemiah, that Nehemiah said it's important to build a wall around the city, otherwise you cannot prosper. And ultimately, that is margin, right? A wall creates margin. Mm-hmm. And, and then we see... Uh, that it says in Proverbs twenty one twenty, it says the wise store up choice food and oil, but fools gulp theirs down. So we need to save money. That life's going to happen, and it's going to cost money. And so the first one was unknown, unexpected emergencies. Uh, I recommend that families save one month's worth of expenses mm. and just have it sitting in an emergency account to start with. That l- long term, they could grow up to three to six months, but mm-hmm. to start with one month. Do you recommend um, that? In- I, 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 I'm sorry to j- jump in on you there. Do you recommend that in a, a something that's easily easily liquid, like you can easily liquidate, or is that something that's a little tougher to get to? Um, 
Well, it depends on if it's a spender who can't keep their hands off of it. <laughs> if you can trust yourself to keep your hands off of it, then it would be something in very liquid savings accounts. Um, but if it's something that you know you can't trust yourself, you might want to put it into like an online bank, mm. like Capital One 360 or Ally Bank, because it will take two to three days to transfer it back to your regular bank account so you could spend it. Oh, gotcha. So, you know, build in walls if you need to to protect it. That's good. That's good. And but emergencies are going to happen. I mean, I'm the youngest of six boys, and my dad lived from crisis to crisis. We were always breaking things and breaking ourselves, and it, it costs money, and mm-hmm. that happens in your life. Your car is going to break down. Somebody's going to get sick. You need to have saved money for that. Man, that's good. And then the, I, I love this, and I know you've already talked about this a little bit, but I want you to talk about it some more, is just the, the funding your dreams, having money set back to fund your dreams and I would ask you this question. You said you got to, you were able to buy Enjoy from John Maxwell, or John Maxwell started it, and you were able to acquire this company. And was that was that something you was that a dream you had, or was that an opportunity that presented itself? It was a opportunity that presented itself, and it became a, a dream. It was almost like I'm a golfer. I love golfing, and. Bubba Watson won the Masters a few years back, mm-hmm. and they asked him, how does it feel? And he said, man, I, I don't even know how to feel. I haven't even got there in my dreams yet. <laughs> and and that's kind of what happened there, that when we were starting New Spring Church, uh, when, when Perry and I and my wife and 12 other people were planning this church, uh, Perry gave me a book by John Maxwell, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, mm-hmm. 21 Indispensable Qualities of a Leader. We would go to all of his conferences and here we are today talking, and last week, Perry Noble received the Maxwell Leadership Award, a very prestigious award mm-hmm. uh, given to one person per year, and I own one of the organizations he started. Wow. And all I can say is only God, but also only applying his word, living it out to the best of our ability day by day, that's the only way this could have ever happened. Absolutely. So uh, the obvious question then is, if you had not uh, postured yourself, positioned yourself to be financially ready when this opportunity did present itself, let's say you hadn't had that I've had enough moment and you were still covered up in debt, then this opportunity comes along, what would happen? I wouldn't, I would never have seen it. Um, I, I, I kind of call it, I compare it to the scales over your eyes. Mm-hmm. in the Bible that mm-hmm. talks about scales on their eyes. Mm-hmm. And that's why when we I recently re-released, rewrote, and re-released I Was Broke, Now I'm Not at the start of this year, and I included something called the, the financial ladder, and it's nine rungs to a fully funded life. And one of the things that, the reasons we called it a ladder is as you climb up the ladder and position yourself to win with money God's way, that your perspective shifts and you're able to see farther and more clearly just as you climb any ladder. And I saw the opportunity because I had climbed above the mess of the day-to-day struggle. And so the opportunity was able to be seen. But if I had $0 and $4.13 in my bank account, there ain't no way I would have ever. <laughs> uh, I failed grammar class by saying eight, but there's no way I would have ever been able to do that. Man. Wow. So getting yourself positioned is super, super important because you never know what opportunities around the corner. I was actually at Catalyst one day yesterday with uh, Andy Stanley and Craig Rochelle. And that was one of the things that Mm -hmm. uh, Craig talked about was 
one of the questions that came up as folks were asking, well, what's what's next in the church world? What's after multi-site? And he, he just flat out said, I don't know. He said, we're going to continue to work our system right now. We're going to create margin and have money ready, and we're ready to pounce whenever something opens. And I just thought that was so fascinating. It goes right along with what you're saying right now. Um, that is so, so good. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, if you could, um, if you could just give us kind of a wrap up here to encourage the folks that are listening to this, that are in a tough financial spot, or maybe they're in a decent financial spot. Um, what, what, what's something that you would just love to say to them about their finances to get them to do money the way God wants them to do it, to get where they are positioned on that financial ladder? That's so good. Um, what, what I would say is this, is number one, you can do this, and I believe in you. And, and the next thing I would say is this, is your God-given plans, hopes, and dreams should drive your financial decisions, mm. not the other way around. I have so many people tell me, I know I'm called to do this, but I can't afford that. And I believe it's one of the greatest God-limiting statements any of us could ever make, is to say, I can't afford that, because we're excluding God's miraculously ability to provide for what he's called us to. And so I would say, write down those dreams. If you're married, go with your spouse, have that date night, write down both of your dreams, share them with each other, and then make a commitment to say, for the rest of our lives, our one and only life, that we're going to let these God-given dreams drive our financial decision-making. And some of the decisions will require a courageous commitment. But I can tell you, having been there and done that, it is so worth it. And I want it for you. You can do it. Man, that's incredible. Uh, just to shift gears just a little bit, uh, to take off from budgeting money to talking about budgeting time, our last podcast with Pastor Kirby Anderson, we talked all about time management. Um, and mm-hmm. with your schedule, it seems like you've got a lot going on. You're still on staff at New Spring, is that correct? No, I, oh, okay. I, in June of 2009, we stepped off full-time staff. Gotcha, gotcha. five years, we, six years now, full blast. Gotcha. So you're all in on I was broke, now I'm not, as well as uh, enjoy. That's correct. Okay. So to say the least, you've still got a lot going on. You've got kind of dual things going on here, plus family, kids. Uh, you've got to make some time to go hunting on that deer land, of course. Yes. And uh, so what does, if you don't mind, I'm always fascinated with time management. That's one of the things I love talking with all of our guests about is just how you structure your day, your week, your month. What does that look like for you, if you don't mind giving us a picture of that? Yeah, it's the most valuable commodity any of us have. It's limited 1,440 minutes a day. And uh, I I get the privilege of traveling and speaking over 100 times a year at churches all over the U.S. and Canada. Wow. And what I what I have done when I first started on this, I went to people that had traveled uh, as traveling itinerant evangelists uh, and individuals that have done this successfully for 10 years or longer. And what my definition of success was still had a wonderful family life, had not blown up their own life, hadn't melted down. And I saw that they had trends. Every one of them had a sabbatical every week. They had a day off hmm. where it was, do not call me. Do not, I mean, if the office is on fire, I am not a fireman. Do not call me. I can't <laughs> put out the fire. I'll find out tomorrow. And so I have that every single week I have a day off. It changes by week, but we it's on the calendar 
it's thou shalt have the Sabbath and keep it holy. I'm not coming. I'm not working. And then the other things that I've done in the rhythm of my, my life is I've allowed my bride to block out things on the calendar. Mm. And so she has full right and access to the person that manages my calendar. And she can say, block out these days. Do not allow him to travel on these days. He's not taking, you know, if the president calls, it doesn't matter. He's not coming. Mm. And so I've given her that right, and I do not trump it. So I respect it as well. Uh, additionally, on top of that, I have uh, a scheduler, as I mentioned, and that person helps me say no. Mm. Um, you know, what I found is uh, you can work more hours in a week, but you probably can't make more good decisions in a, in a week by working 10, 20 extra hours. Mm-hmm. And so I make sure that I work reasonable hours that are right for the rhythm of me and my family. The other thing that I've done is I, I've said this statement um, a lot of times in, in, in my talks that uh, every job has good things about it and it has bad things about it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't take advantage of the good things about it, then you'll only have the bad ones to focus on. <laughs> and one of the benefits to what I do is the summers uh, are not really good times um, for me to be traveling and speaking. You know, a lot of churches have slumps in attendance with people out about and yeah. so we literally block out uh, time during the summer in which I do not travel and I do not work. I just don't show up. So I just completed 43 straight days off um, where I was just with my family. Wow. And not focused on work at all. And it was a, a you know, in church word, we would use sabbatical. Um, but that's what it was. And that allows me to recharge so that when the schedule does get crazy, we know we have that to look forward to in the future as well. Man, that's good stuff. Well, Joe, uh, if you would, if folks need to get in touch with you, want to maybe come have you speak at their church, if they want to just get the book, um, check out the resources, what's the best way to get in touch with you and get a hold of these things? Absolutely. And I appreciate that. You can go to IWasBrokeNowImNot.com. Probably the best way to get there is just Google the words, I was broke, now I'm not. I promise you there's not a website remotely named like that. (laughs) Uh, And they can just hit the contact form or visit our store via there. Uh, you can also pick up the book via Amazon. Uh, and the other thing that I would share is there is a free app. The I Was Broke Now I'm Not app. Awesome. And they can just search that in the App Store for the Android platform as well as Apple platform. And you can carry your budget with you and all the other helpful financial tools. So that's free as well. That's terrific. That's terrific. And then as far as Twitter goes, is it just at Joe Sangle? That's right. At Joe Sangle and then at I Was Broke is the Twitter one for the actual organization. That's fantastic. Joe, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Man, it's been an honor. Thank you so much. Blessings. Man, Roman, I love that interview. Jared, I love that interview also. We're so intense right now. (laughs) Uh, Man, it was just so practical. That's what I love about Joe's ministry and what he's done with this book. Folks, if you've not already, stop what you're doing. Go to IWasBrokeNowImNot.com, go to JoeSangle.com, go to Amazon.com, go to anything with a .com that will sell you this book. Yes. Now. Absolutely. And you know you know how passionate I am about personal finance. On a scale of 1 to 10, Roman, I would say you're like a negative 4. Yes. So I'm glad uh, that there are people like Joseph Sangle that are passionate about finance. Absolutely. And can teach us stuff that I would not actively go and learn yeah. on my own. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And one of the things I love that was so practical in what he had to say was about the date night. 
Oh, yes. Go to Starbucks. You can, men, your wives will love you for this. Absolutely. Go to Starbucks. It'll be a Frappuccino. If that's your thing. I mean, go to Starbucks, get that Frappuccino. And for for all the, you know, hipsters listening out there, you can get cold brew at Starbucks now. That's a thing, apparently. <laughs> uh, but hey, even if you don't like Starbucks, you can go to anywhere and do yeah, this. Yeah, get, get a smoothie, get some juice. Go dream with your yeah. spouse or significant other, what an, boyfriend, whatever. What an inexpensive date night. Yeah. Spend 10 minutes apart and just dream. What are your goals? What do you want to do? Uh, loved how Joe talked about the deer hunting land, but his wife wanted a scrapbooking room. Yeah. Uh, very different dreams, but he's working to make both of them happen. And from the sounds of things, he's already got the deer land, already has a scrapbooking room. That's Let's amazing. talk about that for a second. An entire room dedicated to scrapbooking. It's a lot of scrapbooking. You got the walls are lined with, with various types of scissors. You got the crinkle cut, straight edge, circular round version. You got the uh, the, the, uh, the eyeballs that you put on things. Yeah, googly eye stickers. Googly eyes. You got all kinds of paper. All right, we need to stop talking about the scrapbooking right now. Prob- probably so. <laughs> we know far too much about scrapbooking. <laughs> <laughs> Man, though, Joe, if you're listening, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Your ministry is incredible. Thank you for what you've done for my family uh, in the era of personal finance. Um, and thank you for, for sharing this with our, our listener listening audience out here. Uh, just incredible, incredible information. Uh, Roman, if people want to get in touch with us, what's the best way? Uh, the absolute best way is to go on our website, creativesheep.org. You better and believe it. You can, uh, you can view what we got there uh, for sale, or you can also get in touch with us there, or on uh, the social media platforms of there, all kinds. There are three of our favorites, which are Instagram, Twitter, and our, our handles there are just at creative underscore sheep. Yes, and I want to note that you said there are three of our favorites, but you only mentioned two things. The book face is the other one. Yes, Facebook yes. would be the other favorite for me. Definitely and, hit us up there, yep. and uh, if you have any questions, you can let us know. Join the conversation. Absolutely. Talk about, uh, tell us if you like this podcast. If you hated it, let us know either way. Yeah, feel free to email me if you want. Jared at creativesheep.org. Absolutely. Again, that's Jared at creativesheep.org. And for the whole Creative Sheep crew, apparently I can't even say the name of our company. It's okay. uh, But for the whole Creative Sheep crew, I'm Jared Hogue. And I'm Roman Johnson. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next time.